Well, hello, Andrea. How are you? Hello, Coco. I'll stick to yes. Coco even though till today I kept referring to you as Cornelia. It was just, it's something I do with everybody. I check the real name and maybe it's a school of manners type of thing. So Cornelia. <laughs> Did I pronounce the R right? Yes, yes it's a Balkan R. I um, started the school of manners. Um, most people believe that is strictly related to etiquette and it's not. It's mm-hmm. the idea of manners of life there is a manner of doing everything in life and again it's all about choices every single detail of um, human interaction whether it is the clothes that you wear and the uh, the words that you use the behavior that you have the way you address people the manners that you carry yourself with the etiquette behind um the table manners the etiquette in certain social circumstances it all communicates something about who you are i always mm-hmm. said that there is a big pandemic of of loneliness and <laughs> i love that i really aim to cure it I think loneliness has nothing to do with being single or in a group. I've seen very lonely people while I was in private aviation. For those that don't know, I used to work in private aviation for over six years. For those who are not watching a video, uh, Andrea has like shit ton of diplomas behind you. Can you give me? Can you explain what they are? The first one is the um, actually the first two there are from the English Manor which is the utmost etiquette school in uh, UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was mm-hmm. mentored one-on-one to become a trainer mm-hmm. in etiquette. I used to work and be mentored also by the former steward of the Queen. And then mm-hmm. I moved to uh, Royal Jet, which was part of presidential fleet in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. So working under the royal uh, family of uh, UAE. Of How Abu was Dhabi. that? I can't, I mean, I'm sure there's so many things you're probably not even allowed to share with the public, but how was that working for the royal family? What did you see? I'm pretty sure you saw a lot. I I think that was the best best mentorship, right? In life. Mm -hmm. Um, And also you learn, you observe so much. Aviation teaches you so much. Traveling in general teaches you so much. Some of the rudest people I've met were the ones that were feeling like they don't deserve to be there. And of course, they would never phrase it. But um, if there was somebody married into the family or somebody that was just a friend, somehow connected entourage, <laughs> they would be yeah. some of the most demanding and rudest people. And the ones that were part of the royal family were some of the most humble, most well-mannered, most grateful people. They yeah. would always pay attention that their entourage, so the nannies, the bodyguards, the yeah. uh, nutritionists would, would eat mm-hmm. before they eat. They would take care mm-hmm. that they've eaten. Whenever they would ask for even the most basic thing, like a glass of water, they, they wouldn't even demand too much. But whenever they would ask for something, they would say, please and thank you. And it means so much. And it was surprising to me because I remembered when I started in Emirates Airlines and I was working in economy, I've seen some people that were so rude and um, I'm, I'm always going to laugh that the first time, the first training I had before I joined private aviation in Geneva, there was this, uh, our trainer, he asked us, oh, girls, who do you think is your boss? And we all said, well, the owner of the jet. And they said, mm-hmm. wrong, you're going to lose your job. <laughs> The your boss is the wife of the owner of the jet. <laughs> you know, in in commercial aviation, you would do this. This is like full disclosure, but you would do this uh, security checks before mm-hmm. the flight or in between flights to check for um, whatever could cause danger to the aircraft. In private aviation, I learned how to do checks for. Uh, whatever the the mistress sometimes would leave <laughs> for for the wife would come back <laughs> with us or uh, so that I learned all the all the tips and tricks that women sometimes do. You also learn a lot about diplomacy and communication. Saying no to to someone who owns the country when you know they wanted your number, for example, it's not as easy in private aviation as it is in commercial. So I used to yeah. wear. Um, 
an engagement ring, uh, a ring, and I would. <laughs> that is clever, honestly. Yes, That's and I would really say, clever. I would say, oh, I'm so flattered. I would love to, but I just got engaged. I'm so in love right now. <laughs> Um, right now, I, I'm so I did. I picked up that if I would say I'm married or I'm in a relationship, they would say, So am I, it's not a big deal. Oh my <laughs> and god, it, yes. The women that would come on board, and it, it's it's something that I shared that fascinated me is that before you would join a flight, you would get the name of the VIP that you would fly with, but you would not necessarily always find their photo. And especially the photo of their spouse. Somehow, I would always know who he or she is. It's just the way they would carry themselves on board. Yeah. It was just mind yeah. blowing that it's something about the person, the the confidence that from the moment they stepped on the aircraft, even if it was surrounded by people with the same or you know some of them would have yeah. the, the, all the fancy brands and bags, they would not carry them. Sometimes it was the other people. They yeah. would come even more humbly dressed than the rest. So yeah. it was not about the status they would show, but it was just the way mm -hmm. they would carry themselves. And that fascinated mm -hmm. me. When it comes to loud brands, your opinion on like loud designer clothing, uh, the queen is never going to have a, you know, <laughs> Gucci, a bag. Gucci bag. <laughs> <laughs> we both said Gucci. Oh, Gucci. I know. <laughs> Uh, oh, I know. Poor Gucci. No, I mean, um, the reality is that it's, and I, I did a live recently and I said this, wealth is silent. Status is yeah. loud. When people come into wealth and money are not necessarily born into it until they disconnect their, their sense of self-worth with whatever people think or see, yeah. uh, if they've you know, get out of this idea that you have to prove, um, you know, and people have to, to see that you made it in life. It's not enough to get mm -hmm. the money. You want yeah. the status that comes with the money. Uh, yeah. And that is what brands thrive on. What about people who buy fake designer pieces? I always say, like, I, if, if I can't afford something, I will not buy a fake version of it. I mean, there's just go to Zara, just like buy a beautiful bag in Zara. Don't put a couple hundred dollars towards a fake Chanel or a fake Louis Vuitton or whatever, the, whatever it is. Why do people wear fake designer pieces? Because they crave the status. Why do people go out there and fake their photos on social media? It's because I mean, they yeah. need the validation. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It True. all comes down to the same thing. We just all need to be validated and seen. And this, uh, you know, there is this Instagram envy. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to laugh, but massive private aviation companies are making a lot of money, sometimes a lot more money from keeping their planes on ground because influencers or young girls or young guys want yeah. to take photos inside the jet. I've heard of that. Show. I've heard of that. It's as long as you acknowledge and you don't lose yourself, that is the biggest, um, the biggest issue. And going back to yeah. the fake versus real, the reason why you shouldn't do this and the reason why uh, luxury brands are still on the market surviving is because luxury is connected to emotions, whatever luxury means to you. Even to a child, if you tell the child that, oh, I couldn't buy you this, you know, the toy that you wanted, here is a fake one that I made. The, mm -hmm. It's literally they've seen that most children are going to say no to that toy because they want the real one. And yeah. it, that is because it's part of human nature to be connected to something that is authentic. That is why the diamond industry, you know, the engagement ring, the diamonds in the mm -hmm. engagement ring, well, that's how they thrive because they created the story and they relate to emotions. It's not mm -hmm. that the lab diamonds are less. It's the fact that the story make them less. That every yeah. woman wants to know that, uh, you know, she's wearing a very authentic, uh, natural diamond. And that is something yeah. that was was drilled into us. It was just, it, it's a story. It's the emotions. That's, around that's why that. I have a huge diamond tattoo on my ribs because I always like diamond. It's my birthstone. Just FYI. <laughs> See? Diamonds. A girl's best friend. <laughs> what ends up happening is that you're kind of 
creating this imposter feeling for yourself if too many times you're hiding your true identity, you're buying fake things just to prove to others, you're living life just for others. And this is something that is very dangerous that a lot of younger generations are going through because they live only through a screen, through the very filtered <laughs> reality of social media. And everything, everything, their whole sense of self dials down to is there Instagram how many feed? likes, yeah, how many likes, how many yeah. views. And if your sense of identity boils down only to this, Imagine the, the extent that everybody's going, willing to go through. However, if you're putting all your sense of self-worth on fake or, you know. On a fake idea of yes, who you are. Yes, on a fake are. idea of who you are, it's going to backfire. And it backfires on a lot of people. So it's not, it's, it's not worth it. And what happened with me, uh, also influenced by whatever the world was saying I should be, my mother used to say this um, by the way, wanting all the good for me, but also influenced by her experiences, she was saying that, oh, you should you should just go for the good guy that maybe is poor. The 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 rich guy is gonna, you know, maybe cheat on you. <laughs> and I was oh my know, god. So much thank you for saying that because this this bullshit statement recently yeah. has been going around all these dating podcasts and all these mm. whatever, whoever I'm not even gonna get into it. A high value man is not necessarily going to cheat on you. No. And whoever's claiming that, that's their own limiting beliefs and they can live in their own world and that's totally fine. But I don't agree with that 100%. And it, is, and it also goes down to, to your own sense of self-worth. A lot of young girls, they hold on to this belief that they're not good enough, that they constantly have to prove themselves. And um, the reality is that there is no woman. And I, I read this. I think it was a man that wrote it, but I thought it was just amazing. The best sentence I ever read. No woman is born low standards. <laughs> We're just shamed into it. I mean, it yeah. is the reality. Yeah. There is no woman who comes out into this world and hopes not to disturb anybody too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it's not like there is any woman who's being honest with herself. And uh, she, she'll say, oh, you know what? If, there was, if money was not involved, there is not a human being in this world who's going to say, you know what? I hope I'm going to choose to fly economy all the time, even though I have an option yeah. to fly in first class. Of course not. Yeah, I don't need first class. Yeah, I don't need first class. I'm <laughs> yeah, totally no, fine, I, right? I love to fly economy. In the middle, if you I had yeah. the choice, of course you would choose whatever is best for you. And that is something that, our species has survived on. A woman is always going to be attracted in the DNA, in the back of her subconsciously to whatever she perceives would give her more safety. So mm -hmm. if we were right now in back in the cave days, of course, you would not look for a guy with money because money could not buy the tiger not to eat you. You would choose the yeah. guy who is yeah. able to protect you. No matter how much we want to say, no, that's not mm -hmm. us. It is mm -hmm. something that it's part of our wiring. What I disagree mm -hmm. with is women being mm -hmm. shamed. So not mm -hmm. choosing what they really need, but choosing out of guilt and shame. I think they named it on TikTok, pick me culture. When pick women me, yes. are pick saying, girls, yes, yeah. no, uh, I am better than other women you know because i only look at your soul <laughs> and i i really yeah. dream of a man that is just broke at 50 and you know and that's fine that's that's amazing i mean yes you i do used, that you i used to that. be that yeah. person and that's what i'm saying i'm not coming from a place of mm -hmm. uh, lack of experience or understanding i was brought up to believe that money is somehow shameful that you should uh, definitely look for the guy who's who has less uh, because he's going to stay with you, maybe out of guilt, I don't know. And life has taught me that the guy that I paid for in my previous yeah. relationship were the, was, because there were two, that cheated mm -hmm. on me. You were the only ones that cheated yeah. on me because it is the frustration that gets built up. Mm -hmm. And nobody has taught me this. I had to learn the hard way. When it comes to equality and splitting bills people are always giving this bullshit explanation you want it to be equal so now you gotta pay the bill like let's make it let's just 
put an end to this debate yeah. once and for all. The person that invites is the person that should pay, according to etiquette. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. And it makes sense, right? I mean, it's so unfair for me to uh, invite you. So it's my choice. I invite you to come somewhere. I choose the venue. Maybe I choose a very expensive venue. You weren't mm -hmm. having that in your agenda. <laughs> so yeah. why would I force you to cover for something that was my choice to ask you mm -hmm. to come to? Since I would what say more than 90% of the time is the man that I would think invites the woman to come to a date. Yeah, I don't think any woman should invite a guy out on a first date. Do you agree yes. with me? Oh, 100%. Like I said, the woman chooses, but I don't think she should go hunting. How can we help women to stop chasing men who are not val valuing them? By raising their sense of self-worth. Uh, that is the first mm -hmm. step. And I think you're doing a great job with that, Coco. For those that are willing to take that advice and see that. Mm -hmm. A lot of these notions of, oh, I need closure. You don't need closure. You just want more hope to hang on to this guy yeah. to prove yeah. yourself. Yeah. And, and if you put your sense of self-worth onto other people, uh, then of course you're, you know, you're, you're gonna constantly feel, um, and when you're a child and you're being brought up, right. If your parents are somehow rejecting you in any way or telling you they don't love you, that, that threatens your own survival. So mm -hmm. when we go out into the world as adults, we believe that rejection in any way is a threat to our survival, but it's not. You're gonna, yeah. <laughs> like time and time again, life is gonna prove to you that you're gonna survive, you're fine. Um, projection is just redirection. Yes, exactly. When a guy is communicating more through his actions, why don't you just listen to those actions? You don't, you don't need to hear more. When a man is not replying to you, is not looking for you, a lot of women are like, oh, but he should tell me. Should he? Because whenever a man gets, I don't know, miraculously, miraculously somehow, the courage of coming forward and saying, listen, I, I'm not really into you. Why would any guy directly tell a girl, I'm not into you? Because I think that every guy wants to keep... <gasps> of course. Keep nobody girls all, all around as an option. And, and the moment you tell her, honey, I'm not into you anymore... He is telling you that he doesn't want to sleep with you. No guy wants to lose an option of sleeping with you. Never. When he's telling you, oh, I'm busy. I just have a lot going on. When he's giving you all these bullshit excuses, it's just him keeping you somewhere on the side. So he doesn't close the door on you. Hmm. And this goes back to having standards. I mean, mm -hmm. when you have standards, you acknowledge the fact that this is not the person you're looking for. You know, your radar of standards is picking this up. Was this the guy you're looking for? A guy, oh, I can't wait. My standards are a guy who's just, <laughs> who's not answering my calls. I don't know if yeah. any woman who put that in her list, but if you are one of them, then yes, by all means, maybe that's what mm -hmm. you're looking for. And some of mm -hmm. them are are thinking, oh, but um, maybe maybe he's going to change let's let's clarify something people do not Please. change why do women think they can change a man i'll tell you why i wanted to do this and i used to even mm -hmm. consciously pick type of men of course i wouldn't realize and most women don't they're just saying oh why do i always uh, come across these guys is because your subconscious picks whatever your reality should be you you choose and whatever i feel like also you pick something you're comfortable with so yes, if you're always 100%. picking the guy that's or he's not really putting much effort into you like you're mm. used to that because once you reach that level of being treated the way you're supposed to be treated you will yes. never ever settle back to be treated just like mediocre Okay. No, a hundred percent. There is a friend of mine who was, um, back in the days, she used to say, oh, online, you know, there's full of guys that are married and they don't tell you. I don't know how this girl picked every single married guy on the dating app. I never came across, I maybe one yeah. once and I found out really uh -huh. quick. I was, how is this possible yeah. that you are, you're like a person. I want to jump in here real quick when it comes to women being with men who are already either in a relationship or married and they enter yeah. that relationship knowing that guy is already with somebody else when you're young okay maybe you don't realize how wrong this is but it's mm. wrong on so many different levels because first of all you're telling yourself 
yeah. and that guy that you're totally fine being number two. You are totally fine him going home, sleeping with somebody else, and then seeing you during his lunch break. And you're telling him that is totally okay. At the same time, you're telling yourself that you don't deserve to be somebody's priority. Or if you're talking to a guy and you know that he is in a relationship or he's going through some situation with another yeah. woman, I think you should just step away. I was reading a book actually recently of how women think, and it was shown a very sad statistic that a lot of women tend to want more a man if he is in a successful relationship than uh, if he is single. The research was explaining that potentially it goes back to the fact that it's sort of a tested thing that this guy is, or is good, is a good provider. Is, again, for women to survive, they had to fight for the best provider, the man that would, I don't know, the best fire for the best cave, mm -hmm. the best. So they would fight with each other back in the cave days. However, men had to work together to uh, provide, to go hunting or to kill a big elephant. So the bigger the prey, they had to, to work together. So there is a much more mm -hmm. sense of, of community, I guess. I'm not going to go more into this because there's so mm -hmm. much to talk about, but that's what the research was also referring to, that it is something that we have to be aware of and um, again, have a set of values and make sure when you choose the friends around you, the same as you choose the men in your life, the same as you choose every single type of relationship. Like I said, standards should be based on your values and that you surround yourself with people that share those values. What would you say to women who maybe they, they met a great guy, maybe he's a good person, he's hardworking, but he's just yeah. lacking those He's lacking those manners, like he's not opening doors, he's not complimenting her, he's not making her feel like a lady. What would you say to those girls who just want their guy to be a little more chivalrous? How do you chivalrous? chivalrous. I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> chivalrous. Look at us, two immigrants saying the word chivalrous. chivalrous. Yes. <laughs> you think that behavior can be taught at this age? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes. Um, so there's hope. There is this Russian saying that I found out is also my partner actually mentioned to me that they have it in Nigeria as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell me the woman he sleeps with and I'll tell you what the man does. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. But there is a correlation between the feminine energy and money as an energy how open you are and I've seen it on me also I've seen how uh, when I was in the stage of my development where I literally wanted to rescue men and prove that I'm the opposite of being a, a gold digger from the Balkans you know from Eastern Europe mm -hmm. I want to go against what they believe and be the one that pays for men even and I was hurting myself so much back then but because I was putting my femininity so down, I wanted to do this. I would literally make most men, and this is something that is the first time I'm admitting also in public, but I would <laughs> literally time and time again, create some kind of energy where all men a week, a month after they would date me, they would just go broke. They needed my help. And how? I was just mind blown how big impact it has on on the way I was creating. And it's not like I was getting them broke. No, one yeah. went into a, a car accident. He lost his job because yeah, stuff he was happens. drunk. Yeah. So things that happened that would create the circumstances. Again, no woman has ever come and said, oh, I hope I'm going to live a life of struggle in the future. No father has ever wished that for her, his daughter. The fact that we're, it's such a shameful thing to even dare say, that's why it was such a big impact that you had on the women that are following you and in, on the culture is because it's so rare to see a woman speak her truth and be authentic and say, mm -hmm. yeah, you know what? This is what I'm looking for and it's fine and go against all the shaming. I was very surprised that most women myself included oh my god like no this is i'm different i don't want this i'm you know ultra above all these things i don't need anything this happens to very young ages and or women that still have stuff to prove because i had a lot to prove when i was in my 20s 
And nowadays, I realize that is the women that are very accomplished. I met women that are uh, have their own businesses. They they have two three homes. They have maids inside the house. CEOs that are coming and telling me, "I wish I had a man that is chivalrous and generous and makes me feel like a woman." Women are very scared to even say, "Look, I need more time." Like, yeah. I need you to speak to me more. I need you right. to text me more. I need you to call me. I feel that women are scared to say what they want because they feel that they're going to be too much for that guy or that yeah. guy is going to tell her, I can't give that to you. So basically you're okay not getting what you want because you are scared that that person is not willing to give it to you instead of thinking, okay, well, if I'm expressing my desires, I will get that. It goes back to the fact that we're raised as people pleasers. Do you have any advice for people? How can they get out of this people-pleasing behavior or men mentality? You know, there there is this saying, those that stand for nothing, they fall for anything. So again, yeah. it's knowing what you stand for. Knowing really, yeah. sitting with yourself and creating a very clear awareness of who you are. Uh, and I give this even basic example. Look, if tomorrow you would have a, a very important, life-changing essential exam to pass you would not feel so embarrassed to say no to somebody because you have yeah. to go study so it mm -hmm. means that in your life you're not really standing solid on solid foundations so whatever happens you just fall left and right for yeah. whatever comes you're especially in certain cultures because it's not everywhere um that there is this fear of speaking out or there is this fear of uh, marrying late I feel like a lot of women almost feel like it's the biggest accomplishment to show that you are in a relationship, that you've made which it is, in life. Which, which is the most ridiculous it thing, is. in my opinion. Some women think that their sole mission in life is to be a wife. And that's totally fine for them. But I think there's a little bit more. Because why would you just want to aim towards being somebody's plus one? Like Mr. and Mrs. Like I, I used to be in that mentality and I'm not ashamed to say that. I used to think that, oh, I'll just marry somebody rich and I'm just going to chill and I'll go mm -hmm. to yoga every day and I'll do my, you know, hair and nails. But I, I wouldn't, you know, leave the comfort of my home when I was 22 and go to the States if, if that was like my end goal. Yeah. So uh, I, I kind of digressed. A lot of women think that, you know, being in their 30s is so shameful. Like, how come you're not married? So, like, what would you say to those women who feel like their clock is ticking or how can they handle that kind of situation? You know, in, in our first, this is something I have to share, in our first conversation, you asked me, why is it that mm -hmm. it's so uh, rude to ask women what their age is? Yes. <laughs> and this yes. answers your question, yes. A lot of mm -hmm. women feel very uncomfortable because of the social pressures you know, this uh, being not married or past a certain age. And in general, mm -hmm. society still puts this um, stereotypical notions of a man past 40, uh, not married, or even 50, even 60 nowadays. <laughs> you're you're yeah. just an eligible bachelor. Uh, and yeah. if you're a woman past a certain age, even 30, you're done. You're just uh, damaged yeah. goods in society and nobody is looking yeah. at you this idea that we're somehow broken and this again if we don't find that missing piece it, our whole lives we're just like drilled into finding that that missing piece that you need to find yes. somebody else to complete you and first of all i'm not here saying that we should not find our partners because it's always nicer to have a life with somebody. It's it's great to wake up and see the person next to you and be genuinely happy. Yeah. But if you are not, if you didn't find that person right now, you don't need to be with whoever's around you just because you don't want to be single. And I don't understand mm -hmm. when women are rather in a relationship, like they're not even happy in that relationship, but they're they're okay being with somebody just because they don't want to be alone. And yeah. meanwhile, you start losing yourself and you start losing your sense of what you want. And also when you like when you're approaching that 30 age or something and you are dating somebody for a few years, like, OK, we should get married now. Like, it's time. And then you get married. And then two years in, you realize like that's totally not the guy I want to be with. 
and then you're like fuck now what like what am i gonna supposed to get a divorce so what happens and I, i've said this a few times is that um men fall in love with the perception of what the woman presents and mm-hmm. uh women fall in love with the potential and they get married yeah so potential mm-hmm. and perception get married and then after a year or two <laughs> and 13 years spent together they get divorced because uh, uh they're incompatible didn't you have time mm-hmm. in the first years of dating to figure yeah. out that you're incompatible and there is this idea that oh it's okay to just be okay with everything and Because you want to be in a relationship, you're just not going to communicate anything. Yes, it's okay. Oh, you disappeared for three days. You're coming back. Oh, baby, I missed you very much. (laughs) For women that say, oh, I I said to him and he didn't do it. Well, then that's a communication as well. If I say to someone, babe, this really makes me happy. This is very important for me. Then, and (laughs) he he just completely, you know, disregards it willingly then that also Mm -hmm. communicates to me if your needs are not being met and if you keep on telling your partner that he should stop doing that when do you think is the cutoff time like when women are going through stuff like that like the guy's treating them well everything's perfect but he do you think that's like no two relationships are like and no two people are like according to who you are and who the person is there are um differences that are essential to you that you cannot get over. So if it's um, something that is important for you, you're going to come and like we mentioned before, say, this is, you know, I feel this way about it. And I don't know how to stop feeling like this, because if we continue, I feel like I'm going to lose trust on you and losing trust Mm -hmm. on you is going to make an unbearing living situation. I don't want this for us. So how Mm -hmm. do we sort this out? How can I mm-hmm. help or what is it that I need to understand? Help me understand why do you need to do this? And, you know, yeah. the thing is, even when you come this way, people get disarmed because they realize you're not insulting them. You're not telling yeah. them what to do. And that is a trick that uh, I also learned from youth mentorship. So how you teach kids is that you don't tell them no. Instead of telling them no and with them wanting to do it even more. And sometimes it's something good to learn in relationships yeah. also, um, is that you give them options. You say, oh, mm-hmm. uh, instead of saying you have to get dressed now, is do you want to get dressed with the red dress or with the blue dress today? Yeah. And they feel yeah. like they have a choice. Well, there is this mm-hmm. really fun trick, uh, that, not a fun trick, there's a really interesting fact that you should pay attention to. Uh, men pick up three times less uh, flirting body language than women do. Women pick it up three Mm -hmm. times faster. That's why you'll notice that if a woman flirts with your man in a party uh, and you get home and you're like, ah, why did you let her flirt with you? Uh, A man hasn't even picked it up. (laughs) And that's why even uh, when I was mentioning that I was teaching manners of love, and I would explain to women how, you know, you look at the guy or, and they would come so disappointed. Like, oh yes, I looked and he didn't pick it up and they take it as a rejection. And I always say, mm-hmm. well, it takes much longer for a man to pick up that you're interested in him than it okay. takes for, for a woman. When it comes to, when it comes to body language, what can yeah. women do to appear more attractive to a guy? If that's even politically correct to ask, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Probably not, but it is the Probably reality. Not. And it, it, yeah. the one thing that I need to mention is the fact that really research-based reality is that uh, looks have nothing to do with the woman that mm-hmm. is most approached, the one that shows availability through her body language. So you have to pay attention to what is the message that you're sending even if you it's a women-only networking event, who's going to approach you if you're just looking at your phone or at the ceiling and you're like, whenever a woman approaches you, you, you look at the ceiling and you roll your eyes and you cross your arms and you just answer mm-hmm. in one word uh, as if you yeah. don't want to talk. Of course, nobody's going to want to be around you, no matter how interesting you look like. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and you know what? So, it, you know what I have to say? Like a lot of girls... Just to get this out of the way, like I'm aware mm-hmm. of my physical appearance and like yeah. I know that I am deemed to be attractive. And a lot of girls come to me and they're like, well, I, I can't listen to your advice because I don't look like you. And I'm telling them this has nothing, 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 nothing to do with 
my looks. Yeah, it, I, I'm, I'm well put together, but there's certain things every woman can do to be put together. You can do your hair nice. You can do your nails. Like you don't have to go for nails every day. You don't have to blow out, do a blowout every day, but it just has to look neat and clean. Yes. And it's like the way you you carry yourself. This has nothing to do with how hot you are because no matter how hot you are, quote unquote, if you are boring, if you're negative, if you are not fun to be around, people are just going to avoid you. When it comes to body language, is there anything women should do to seem more approachable besides like, you know, answering questions with another question and being genuinely interested, let's say on a date? Yes. I loved I love that thing that you mentioned to me uh, when we were talking before, like when you're ordering from a menu and then you like kind of look into his menu. Do you have any like secret <laughs> chip tips like that? I mean, in general, even the fact that you lean towards the person um, while you're asking certain questions makes the person feel um, like you're interested in them. And that's even, if, by the way, Abraham Lincoln said that boredom only happens when you fail to make the person in front of you interesting. Everybody has a story. Yeah. Okay, maybe you don't want to yeah. take this guy as the father of your children after, but it's just yeah. dating. And dating should yeah. be uh, your chance to practice your um, body language and your listening skills. Mm -hmm. And you always end up finding something interesting about someone. But if you go through life thinking yes. people are boring... A lot of people are like, what am I, if, what if I'm sitting there with that weirdo stuck at a dinner for two, three hours? I'm like, you don't, you don't, when you're dating somebody, you don't have to enter a date mm. thinking that you are about to find the love of your life. Yes. Just try to have a conversation with this person. Maybe if you're not compatible romantically, maybe you can figure out that you guys can actually work together on something. A hundred percent. Some of my best good, uh, yeah. professional co uh, connections I've made, um, mm -hmm. just going out on dates. Yes, sometimes. Yeah. Another mm -hmm. mistake that a lot of women do is that they go and they try to prove themselves. So they're talking a lot about themselves on the date, uh, trying mm -hmm. to impress the guy, you know, like just focusing on sucking their belly in and sitting and like being like, oh, look at me, look at me on this angle. Yeah. <laughs> look at And then and then they're just there wondering if he liked them when you, the question should be, did you like him? Did you yeah. find out something about the guy? Mm -hmm. uh, so show interest. And, and reality is that simply leaning and, and asking, oh, so tell me about yourself and just smiling and looking at them. And that's another thing. A lot of women tend to avoid eye gaze. So looking the person in the eyes for longer than you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that, that will increase your self-confidence in time. It's just overcoming mm -hmm. this idea of looking down. And if you are one of those very, very shy ladies that are looking down, that's fine. One trick yeah. is that you should point also your chin down while you're looking down. And this is something mm -hmm. that Lady Diana used to do a lot. Marlene Moreau also, if you look at some of the photos, is that they would look down, but point their chin down as well. So you look down at something. And then when you look up, tilt also your head to the side, you look up and you look up like a damn, like one of what do you call a deer in the headlights. It gives you this look at the deer in the headlights and, and it is a seduction technique. Also, yes, when you are um, ordering, I was saying that it's nice to lean and, and order from their menu. If they hold your chair or if you sit, make sure that when you say thank you, this is another trick, you, you lean and you say thank you, be like uh, looking over your shoulder. <laughs> because mm -hmm. this emphasizes your curves and everything. Mm -hmm. so when they hold your chair and they love it after that they all want to hold uh -huh. the chair I, I just want to say if anybody is not uh, able to envision what you're explaining I'm yeah. gonna have a video version on YouTube okay. so they can all come back to YouTube and watch all of this uh, so. technique in action um, touching your hair, touching your yes, hair that's touching your hair yeah. the hair um, communicates well it's not politically correct, but again, research and this yeah, but I'm not politically the correct, research apparently. is that <laughs> uh, men are attracted, even if they don't want to be fathers, um, a man is attracted to a woman's uh, ability to raise a child inside of her 
and a woman is attracted to how a man is able to raise a child outside of her. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was a very interesting saying uh, because it has a lot of roots in in the way our whole dating experience goes. So that's why mm-hmm. men tend to be attracted to this hip to waist ratio because it communicates fertility. So she's fertile, basically. Yeah. Yes, hair is because um, it communicates that a woman back in the days has enough nutrition. When women tend to play with their hair, it is something that is attractive. It's not something, of Mm -hmm. course, that most people would go like us here on the podcast and communicate, (laughs) but it is is something that you should use. If you know it, you should use to your advantage. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times, and the pity is that if you want to learn these things nowadays, you should pay attention more to drag queens or to gay mm-hmm. uh, guys that are really digging into their femininity and feminine energy. And even when mm-hmm. they smoke, you'll see that they smoke. It's a very feminine gesture. Yeah. Very seductive yeah. thing is that you show the areas of your body that are most vulnerable. It's like um, saying, go oh, here, I trust you so much. You know, you can do whatever you want to me. So mm-hmm. it's showing the so touching slowly your throat while you're talking and uh, your neck, you know, touching the wrist. And that's why you'll see a lot of women when they smoke, they smoke with their wrist showing versus men. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there is, um, and slowing down in general is very, is very, very yeah. seductive. So whenever you do these gestures, take your time. It's fine. Breathe. Um, enjoy, enjoy your, and this is something that I learned also from a lot of the gestures in, in seduction. I also learned from, uh, Latin dancing. So being a salsa instructor Mm -hmm. and and in Latin dancing, one thing that shows, uh, femininity and, um, in feminine, in styling for women is that you have to show and be proud of your body. So yeah. uh, you would always show your face and touch your hair. And, and this, is, yeah. this is something that attracts a lot in, uh, when you observe a dance. And it's a very Latin. Something you just mentioned, like show your body in a way. Like what would you say for women for going on a first date? What should they wear? <laughs> Obviously depends where you're going. But let's say you're going for a typical dinner date. What would you wear? Uh, yeah. When I say show your body, it's through your body language and gestures. Leave some things yeah, to yeah. the imagination. I usually say you need to wear, first of all, something that you would usually wear. Like don't try to um, wear like a high-end couture gown and you would usually, you know, hang out in sweatpants. You should be very true to yourself. In general, I always suggest that women wear... One of my accreditations is as an advanced image consultant. And I think it's very important for women to wear what suits their body. Yeah. So dress for the Mm -hmm. body that you have, not the body that you want. It's a very important (laughs) lesson. Being aware of what colors suit you. There's an app which is called My Colors. Yes. Okay. This is, there's an app that I just recently discovered. It's called My Colors. And you upload a photo of yourself and your hair and your skin Mm -hmm. And then um, it automatically shows you which colors are suited based on your skin tone. Yeah, I will link. Amazing. I will link this app. Yeah, I will link this app in the description. If anyone, I wants think to that would be a great start. Um, in general, of course, if you have the the, the money and the time to mm-hmm. upgrade and invest, I always suggest you reach out to a specialist uh, in time yeah. and. Uh, whether it is for style or for makeup. When it comes to makeup, I always say don't wear a dark lipstick on a first date because you just don't want to think about it. You don't want to have those lipstick stains all over your glass. If your lipstick is on your teeth and... And also, if you want to kiss the guy, like it would be easier not to have a super. It would be, Um, but maybe you don't want to kiss the guy, and that's a strategy. (laughs) Maybe that's a strategy not to kiss the guy. Like Uh, in terms of table manners, Mm -hmm. if you are wearing a lipstick um, and you drank and you left a trail on your glass, try to drink from the same place uh, Mm -hmm. and not make the tour of the glass. It looks very bad. (laughs) And it's it's very inconsiderate for the staff of the restaurant that have to clean the glass yeah. after. A lot of women don't know how to put their own beauty in value. And I think in general, makeup and cosmetic industry and everything, it has nothing to do with vanity as much as it has with the self-confidence that it gives you. Yeah. 
And when I was growing up, I used to be fascinated with this transformational uh, mm-hmm. shows where they would take a woman and show her how Me beautiful too. she could be. And I was just, that was you know just... What? I think I want to do that down the line. I think I want (laughs) to incorporate it into my bougie best friend. Like I want to take on women who are not maybe confident and they don't know how to do their hair and makeup. And I want to do a little Coco makeover. I think that's a great idea. I would love that. I would love that. And another reason why I went on this long journey of, of learning human behavior and uh, body language and NLP and coaching and personality assessment and image consultancy and the whole etiquette spectrum, uh, because I have over three accreditations in international etiquette, was strictly because I believed that transformation is something and all this investment in yourself is is um, the way you behave, the colors you wear, the makeup you put on, uh, your tonality, um, you know, your manners, everything communicates something to the people around you. And that's how we mm-hmm. connect. And a lot of people feel lonely, not because they're not in a relationship or they're not surrounded by people, it's because they just don't know how to connect, how to speak their truth, how to stand up for the person they wish they would be. And I hear a lot of the times women say, oh, um, yeah, but I can't be that because I'm not beautiful enough or I don't have enough money. Or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's all these excuses for for just settling for whatever life throws at you. And it doesn't have yeah. to be that way. And maybe that's my drive of the young girl that refused to believe in the word impossible. And it is true. Yeah. You shouldn't believe it. You shouldn't put yeah. that belief in your life. You have what it takes. I need to talk about table manners. There's a lot of people who are going to kill me for saying this, but 50% of people just can't even don't know how to eat properly. Hmm. What do you think about that? It's a choice. Everything is a life (laughs) choice. It's nothing. I, I, you know, even when people come to me, okay, let's, let's just, let me just go back to saying properly. Not, not like you can eat whatever way you want to eat. Yes. Don't get me wrong. But there's certain etiquette standards that people usually follow. And then in this video that I had a while ago when I was saying, like, I'll I'll see if you can hold your chopsticks correctly. It was a joke, but it was also not a joke. And it goes down to explaining to people why also Mm -hmm. um, is the reason why you're looking into a person being aware of how they hold chopsticks is because to you, it communicates that they're coming from a set the same if a man mm-hmm. comes with a, a buttoned-up shirt versus a T-shirt before they're going to football or the same one they came mm-hmm. out from the gym, it says something to me. Yeah. So it's uh, if a person never ate sushi in their life or don't know how to eat sushi, well, if I come from traveling to 93 countries, would I necessarily match with the person that yeah. doesn't even speak proper English or doesn't know yeah. what they're, you know, they have no, we have no meeting point. So uh, you, you listen and you understand and you hear more about the person through the things that they're not saying than the things that are saying on a date. I posted a video recently, how you can properly, ho- how you should properly hold a wine glass. And I, video blew up on TikTok and people tell me, I'll hold my glass whatever way I want. I'm like, you do you. Yes. But etiquettes exist for a reason. I love what you said at some point when we were talking on the phone before the podcast, you said etiquettes are here to make your life easier. And again, I think the the reason why maybe a lot of the followers that are on on the page that I created online for, for the School of Manners and the reason why I took so long before even launching the page Um, so Mm -hmm. for six years, I was just learning. And the reason why I was Mm -hmm. learning so much is because I am a millennial and I understand that Mm -hmm. applying rules because I said so no longer makes sense to us. So there is a big pushback because people don't understand why they should do this. And Mm -hmm. it took me a long time to study and research. And always when I, I share something, I explain the practical reasons behind the manners. There is Mm -hmm. a manner of doing everything in life. 
Um, and that's why it's the school of manners. There is a manner of changing the tire the right way. Uh, yeah. Can you yeah. push it with your body? <laughs> and I only yeah. built the school of manners to build awareness, not to mm-hmm. shame anybody. And that was something that I promised in the values of my page, even if sometimes it didn't work uh, very good mm-hmm. for the algorithm. And I'm sure I could have, you know, maybe grown faster. Uh, one of my biggest dreams was to be able to attend uh, one of the last Swiss finishing schools in the world. Name of the school? Institut Villa Pierrefeu. It's in Montreux. Mm-hmm. So back in the days, of course, hundreds of years, there was hundreds of finishing schools and Lady mm-hmm. Diana attended as well. It's such a legend <laughs> and everything. Mm-hmm. And the women that are teaching there and the women that are attending, um, there's a couple of articles also written about Pierrefeu and what it stands for and how much history is there and legacy and two months, women only. And mostly there is, you know, women that come from royal families uh, that from generation to another, they were sent to the Institute. There's mm-hmm. a lot of women that come, you know, wives of diplomats or that come from old money. And it's quite impressive in the Institute. You're not allowed to uh, so it's only a first name basis so that everybody mm-hmm. feels equal and there's no your yeah. highness or contrary to popular beliefs. You actually learn a lot about leadership, media training. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 87 written exams from 20 different cultures, all styles of dining, all styles of cultural wow. dining, table. So you know how to eat in 20, how many different uh, <laughs> 20 <ways>? different languages. <laughs> Beautiful to see the, the why behind and the culture behind yeah. and People believe that, oh, no, there's when it comes to etiquette, it's just British etiquette. You just use the fork and knife and that's it. No, there is so many variations. So even in the Western styles of dining, there are four. Mm -hmm. So there's the American style of dining. Mm -hmm. There is what Americans perceived as European or continental style of dining. And then there is the French and British style of dining, which is across um, Europe. And Mm -hmm. there is variations, of course, and... You know, for example, in Germany, you would never, whatever style of dining you're having, you would not cut a boiled potato because that would be an insult. Oh, interesting. Yes. So there is, Okay. It, it's just so beautiful to respect the cuisine. And is there anything else you would like our listeners to know? Or is there anything else you would like to share as a, like a final thought? Make sure that you are aware of who you are, what your standards are, uh, and Mm -hmm. base those standards on your authentic needs and values um, and respect the fact that the world is different, that literally nowadays there's someone for everyone out there and you don't Mm -hmm. need to step on each other's toe or build frustrations that someone thinks differently than you or uh, chooses Mm -hmm. differently than you. and. This is, I think, a a very important, I'm very passionate about people living their authentic life. So Andrea, please, please tell everybody where can they follow you? Give me all of your socials. And is there anything we should be looking, uh, looking for? Is there any fun projects you're working on? Oh, there's a lot of fun projects, but maybe I'll I'll, I'll meet you some no. other time and I'll I'll open oh, up. Yes. There are some that are still under confidentiality agreements, but I will uh-huh. say this. I'm traveling to Switzerland. For those that would like to know more, they can follow me on Instagram on the School of Manners. I am on YouTube, but I haven't posted in a long time. By the way, I don't know how you do it, Coco, with more than one social media and the podcast. And you're like a superwoman here. Yes.